Let us pray. We stand freed from our COVID restraints only to hear and be reminded of other things that hold us back. Be with us as we consider these things today. Amen. Thank you, friends and colleagues from Duke Chapel. It is a pleasure and a terror to be here today. Today, we wander outside our common lectionary with its structure and predictability to step into a Lectio Continua in order to ponder the Word of God from a different perspective, the perspective as interpreted by Micah. Micah begins his angry outburst in a typical way by contextualizing himself. He was from a farming center about 20 miles southwest of Jerusalem in the southern kingdom of Judah. It was about 718 BCE, before the Common Era. He used familiar cadences and literary devices to convey his truth in a medium that was uh, in a medium that was one in which many were aware of at that time, which was a familiar medium. Micah's condemnation is a stark word of warning, an accusation against the powerful living in the capitals of Judah and Samaria. Hear you peoples, all of you, pay attention, O earth, and all that is in it, and let the Lord God be a witness against you the Lord from his holy temple. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place. And on Micah goes, proclaiming doom. I, for one, feel startled by the brash pronouncements of doom and judgment. Such harsh words are not comforting, and his anger is palpable. I wondered a few times why I was selected for this particular passage because I'm the chaplain and comfort is my game, and this is not comfortable. But anger is my game. And indeed, we see anger all the time in the hospital. And this is anger. <laughs> Often, my first defense, our first defense against such angry words or something that we don't understand is to reduce or objectify the message, to reduce it to something that we're familiar with. Oh, that's what he means. Boom, I can click it into that box. Oh, that's just Jesus. His sister's over there. His brother's, he was Mary's son. Boom, we don't have to think about it. I imagine that Micah's audience were saying to each other in pity-tinged disgust, what's up with that guy? You know the guy I'm talking about. What's up with that? Well, what was up with Micah? 
Micah wanted the powerful who lived in Jerusalem and Samaria to understand they could not continue to abuse their power. He wanted them to understand that stealing from, swindling, or unjustly taking from the poor was not acceptable. He wanted them to understand that their unthinking sense of superiority, supremacy, was an evil that they would need to reckon with. He wanted them to know that the weak and the lowly were no less human than they. Micah railed against an economy, a society cannot carry on for long with the powerful abusing their might over the poor. Micah rages. He implores them to hear the truth while they can still change their ways, while they can still change their outcome, while they can still change their climate. Micah's sense of injustice revolves around his awareness that their country's greatest suffering is not caused by the weather or the misfortune of the people, but by dominant people in positions of power struggling to maintain their own dominance, refusing to recognize the dignity and worth of their fellow human beings. What's up with this guy? What's up with him? He understood that he must maintain a sense of rage, that he must reflect God's rage against injustice and objectification. Two stances that undercut their community. Woe to those who devise wickedness and work evil on their beds. When the morning dawns, they perform it because it is in their power to do so. Micah speaks of people stealing people's lands and their homes and their inheritance. And he says that when property accumulates in too few hands, it becomes a problem. Micah knows that when a majority of the people are hungry and cold, they will take by force what they need. Micah knows that repression only works to strengthen the repressed. Micah is stating what Napoleon Bonaparte said once, that in the long run, the sword is always beaten by the spirit. In Richard, in Richard Wright's work, Native Son, America was shocked by the oppressive and divisive effect racism had. It was, it was an eye-opening experience to see this racism in stark letters. Micah proclaims and sees that same objectification, racism, and privileged thinking and knows that it too will result in terrible inequity, injustice, and unrest. Micah claimed that both the justice system and the priests of the day 
were ineffectual pawns caught up by their own greed and self-satisfaction. Abraham Heschel wrote that Micah was proclaiming that injustice brought on by might and by power were obscene to God. Such obscenities cannot continue, not only because they are an affront to God, but because such an abuse spreads ruin, destruction, and moral corruption. Aren't you glad you came today? Sorry, just had to add. Um, <laughs> the heart of God is with the weak, the lowly, the poor. The heart of God demands justice. In these early chapters of Micah, Micah is calling his listeners to see that they are not acting in just ways. God cares about these things. God is dismayed and even angered by the absence of righteousness, of the basic human righteousness that then leads to justice. Micah, our voice in the wilderness, fervently seeks to right a wrong. He's attempting to reestablish a relationship with God and God's people. Our prophet Micah speaks his truth about a society that is corrupt and shameless in their unrighteousness. Today in this Lectio Continua, we don't get to hear Micah's words of grace, and we don't get to hear his take on what God does require of us. That will show up later. But today we learn and we see a prophet stepping out in courage to tell his truth that corruption and misappropriation will end poorly, that righteousness prevails, and that that is what God wishes for us. So what is God's word for us today? God's word is that we listen to and try not to objectify others, that we hear what they're saying without reducing it to what we think they're saying, that we stand alongside the widow, the orphan, the poor, rather than in opposition. God's word for us today is now that we do not have our masks, we can speak out in courage. And our courage will lead to righteousness and justice. Thanks be to God.